Praise the Lord. Welcome to church on a beautiful September Sunday morning. Amen. It looks like the worst of the heat is behind us. And uh, we got a little fall time weather moving in. Let's give Jesus some praise today. Hallelujah. Well, we are going to have a wonderful, wonderful service getting into God's word. Can we stand up together this morning? Amen. Well, we want to, of course, we're going to open up with our confession over the United States of America. And now uh, today is uh, obviously a day that a lot of us remember, September the 11th. And it was 21 years ago today that we uh, we recognized the attack that came a, a, upon our country. And, uh, and so we're just acknowledging that today as we speak faith over the United States. And we realize how important it is to have God's hand of protection over our nation, right? And that's why we fight so hard uh, spiritually and speak faith and pray over this nation because we've seen what has happened and we want just to bring home uh, God's hand in, uh, in this. And uh, we know that, of course, the Lord never promised not to happen, but it is uh, a sign of what can happen when uh, we turn our backs on God for, you know. And, and so it's just it's really important to us. Pastor Katie and I were at the 9-11 Memorial just two weeks ago, and it was very uh, sobering to see firsthand of the spot where all of this happened, and uh, and so uh, let's not ever forget what happened, and that's why we want to be reminded uh, this morning that, of course, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, number one, that's my number one right, but also we are proud American citizens, and as American people fight the good fight of faith for this nation, and we need to come back over the United States, and we're going to say it like we mean it. Amen. Let's go. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Yes. All right. 
Well, we're going to take a few minutes here to go around and meet and greet each other, give some hugs, give some handshakes, some high fives. Just make sure everybody gets a little love today. Amen. Let's go. Sing hallelujah, you are my first love. 
one more time. I praise you forever. Your love goes on and on. I sing to you, Jesus. You are my first love. to share. Cool? Okay. Now, it's Harvest Fest time, okay? Okay. I do greatly appreciate that you all get more excited about that than anything else we talk about. I really
website, get your to-go box of spaghetti, salad, dessert, all that, and you just take it home with you. So it is, I think it's $8, $8 for adults and $5 for kids, and that is going to be in October. Okay, so you've got like way in advance notice, October 9th. Um, today, though, they are doing a fundraiser outside. They are also talking about the yard sale information. And this here is a sign up for donuts. Okay? Yes. So we have to have 24 in order to be able to actually do this as a fundraiser. But you can take it to your work. You can take it to school, whatever you want to do. Um, and you can have people sign up so that you're part of fundraising as well. And if you are going to sign up to buy donuts, aside from at the info booth, you can grab a paper. But you can also sign up at the info booth. And what we'll do is we'll just bring all these boxes of donuts on a Sunday morning. And those of us who didn't order are going to feel real sad. Just let you know, because it will smell like Krispy Kreme and Jesus. So, this competition is going on. There is a box on this side of the info booth and a box on that side of the info booth. And I would like to tell you that it's looking pretty good for the youth group this year. And because I don't see Leah in here today, I can say thank you for giving to the youth this year. Because we have never won yet. So that would be really great. We did one time. Oh, you, okay, you won. I have never won against Leah. He won one time years ago. So wherever you would like to put your candy, talk to Jesus first. And we'll know, you know, whether or not you love me or Miss Leah. We'll figure that out. Um, Heavenly Beauty Salon, wave at me, Sabrina. Heavenly Beauty Salon in the Barstow Mall um, is also uh, doing manicures and pedicures as a fundraiser for Harvest Fest. They are $25. So if you would like to do that, we will have her information on our social media. So you, oh, it's already on there. If you can click there and then go to her schedule and schedule. And I think that's I think that's it. Did I, did I miss? Casey, did I miss anything? Okay. All right. If you're with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, wave at me. Okay. I think we don't have anyone here first time in a long time, uh, but I see a lot of you back. So I'm really grateful that you came again. I love you. And I'm so grateful that you're with us today. Very good, man. There's a lot going on, but that's really exciting. And as I always say, we are getting into the best part of the year. Uh, I mean, getting into the fall time and all the holidays. So make sure you stay connected. Don't miss out on anything. We have a really, really good ending to 2022 because it has been a really awesome year for us so far. Amen. I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor come on up. She's going to give you some updates. Uh, on a thing she's called the the righteousness watch and uh, filling us in on some uh, good biblical but national things that we should know about amen amen hallelujah well hopefully you all got one of these forms when you came in uh, it's an update i decided every once in a while just to do a little newsletter on this stuff so you know what's going on this i do want you to know on uh where it says action needed in the middle column abortion issues on your ballot in November, this is going to be called Proposition 1. You want to vote no on it because what it is is a bill that makes abortion for any and every reason up to whenever and ever and ever and ever, you know. So it's going to be called Prop 1 on your ballot. It went through as SCA, but it's going to be called Prop 1 on your ballot. So make sure that you vote no on that. Talked about earlier, this AB 22 
223 that prohibits infant death investigations. In other words, if you, you know, have an abortion or if you even kill an infant, then uh, they're not going to go after you for that. But uh, that passed the, the California Senate. It passed the California House, and it's on Governor Newsom's desk. So you can still do something about that if you look on the column on the left-hand side. Staying on top of congressional bills, it tells you how to go there, and it's as simple as pushing a button. You can get your opinion sent to Governor Newsom. Same thing with Senate Bill 1142. That's the abortion tourism bill. Passed the House, unfortunately. Passed the Senate in California. It's on Governor Newsom's desk to sign it or veto it. And uh, that's about people from other states can come in and have an abortion if the state that they happen to live in um, does not does not allow abortions. But at the same time, your taxpayers are paying for these people's travel, paying for their the procedure. You're paying for everything on our on our tax. like having Planned Parenthood in your school in your school system. Same diff. They're going to teach them. They're going to tell them how they can do, you know, sexual junk and all this other kind of stuff. Pass the House in California. Pass the Senate in California. It's on Governor Newsom's desk. So take action and do what it says over here on the left-hand side. Now listen to me. We've got elections coming up in November. If you don't like the garbage that comes out of Sacramento, we need to change Sacramento. So you pay attention, and I'm going to tell you something. There's a nice little thing on the right-hand side, how I will vote in November, all biblical stuff, and I'm going to give you a secret clue. You're not necessarily voting for a particular person. You're voting for the platform of the particular party. So if you don't know what the Republican Party plans for, you look at their stands for, you look at their platform. If you want to know what the Democratic Party stands for, you look at their platform. But I'll just give you this clue. Uh, all these bills here are being passed by uh, the Democratic Party up in Sacramento. So if you don't like it, you need to do something. If you just turned 18 years old, you need to register to vote, and you need to vote biblically. Amen. Oh, also we have a victory report. That's Senate Bill 866, vaccinating uh, minors without parental permission. The author pulled that bill because of outrage from the public. So make your voice loud and clear. And don't sit on your duff and do nothing. Do something, man. we got to fight this stuff. Oh, also in here, I've got some praise reports from our warfare prayer topics that we've been praying about, just to give you a little nudge if you want to come pray with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm on now. The times we live in are serious times, 
have the Church of Jesus Christ isn't a dead church, it's a live church. And I think about the things Mrs. Pastor is saying, that if, 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 if we just play dead, then we all lose. We can't play dead. There's too much at stake. Well, what time is it? Happy time. Hold up your hands in an envelope for your tithes or your offerings. And uh, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 6. And this goes so much in line. Mrs. Pastor, the things she talked about are so much in line with what I'm going to share this morning. And we're going to be looking at uh, verse 31 through 33. And actually tonight I'm going to teach on great detail about this subject we're talking about right now over your offering. <clears throat> but what Mrs. Pastor said, I'm just so amazed how much what I have to say tonight and now has to do with what she said. We as Christians, it's time to be real Christians. Amen. There's so many Christians over the decades that have lost their lives and everything else over standing up for what's right in the Bible. we got to stand up for what's right. You know, I was talking to a couple of ladies this morning, taking in children and adopting them and taking care of the kids. The best place to start taking care of kids is in the womb. That should be the safest place for a child in this whole world to their mom's belly. And we are called of God to help do something to change things so babies can be safe. Amen? Matthew 6 says, uh, 31, Therefore take no thought, no anxious thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Where shall we, shall we be clothed? Where are we going to get gas money? Where are we going to get school, buddy? How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? Jesus said, don't worry about these things. He said, your father knows you need them. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He said that people and Gentiles, for the context of what we're talking about, people that don't know they have a covenant with God. We have a covenant spelled out in the New Testament especially sealed by the blood of Jesus, that our Father wants to take care of us. But everything in the kingdom of God has to do with obedience. God's part, man's part. Does everybody agree that's the will of God for everybody to be saved? He wants everybody to be born again? But he said, those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a qualifier. You've got to call upon Jesus to be saved. It don't just happen because you want to. God said, I did my part. I sent my son to die for your sins. Do your part. You have your own will. Give your heart to him and live for him. Well, he says right here that the whole world around us is anxious about the cost of gas, cost of food for stores and everything else. He said they're seeking these things. But then he said in verse 33, but seek ye first. Seek ye first. Seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He says, but you put God first and his righteousness. Well, one thing's right in the eyes of God is for babies to get to be born and grow up. That's right. That's right in the eyes of God. Seek ye first for doing what's right. And years ago, this is not, this is not a big teaching right now, but years ago, as a, I was a, I've been an on-fire Christian all my life, on fire for Jesus. I knew I was born again. And all the time you hear preachers say, 
Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I remember God put it in my heart. And a lot of times when you're thinking about things, it's the Lord putting something in you to research it yourself, find out what the Bible says. And I remember, I just went through this season where all the time I kept saying, Seek ye first, seek ye the first, seek ye the first. And finally I said, Lord, what am I going to seek the kingdom of God for? I've got it. You said the kingdom of God's in me. In Luke 17, 21, says it's in me. I'm part of the kingdom of God. How many here are part of the kingdom of God? Amen. And so, as, as a hungry Christian, sold out to Jesus Christian, that bothered me. What am I seeking? I've already found it. I've got it. What am I seeking? And so, I got so disturbed about that verse there that I spent a season of researching that in all my Bible translations, my Greek, everything I could do, I checked it out. And what it comes down to, paraphrase, is this. But go, first of all, for the expansion of the kingdom. For the expansion of the kingdom of God. And everything you need, God will give you. If you go for the expansion. Well, as I prayed and thought, thought about that, I thought, wow. If it's going to expand, it's going to get bigger. The only way the kingdom of God can get bigger is people get born again. You know, my family started off with two then you have a baby, then it expanded, you got three. Expanded, you got four. Expanded, you got five. My family expanded as we added to it by, by babies being born to the world. Well, God's family expands by Christians being born into his kingdom. And so if you're going to be a Christian that truly qualifies for all of God's best in Matthew 6, 33, you ought to be a Christian that's serious about expanding Christianity. Amen. Amen. And then he says, when you do, everything you need is added unto you. And tonight I'm going to go into great detail in three different passages about how to do what he said to do right there to fully qualify for what God has for us. Amen. And so for us as Christians, for the times we live in, if there's ever a time Christians to put Jesus first, Christians should be serious about getting people born again because you stop to think about it. You know, we can talk about this politics and all these kind of things like that. There's not one politician making one law that's there because he just got there. People voted to put him there or her there. And so when, when a community gets lots of born again Christians, have their minds renewed to the Word of God, then when it comes to election time, they begin to check things out and say, wait a minute. The Bible says this, and they say they're going to do that. That's not agreement with the Bible. The Bible says this, and they said they're going to do that. That's not agreement with the Bible. Well, then what happens? People change how they vote. When they change how they vote, then the people make laws, change how they make laws, because you get more believers in there. Amen? And so can you see how Matthew 6, 33 is such a priority in God's eyes? We need to get Christians in positions of authority. And so we as Christians, we as Christians, let's just be serious about being Christians. Amen. Be serious. And we're going to talk about that tonight, so it's going to be good. But Matthew 6, 33, God said, you put him first, his way of doing things, and he'll give you everything you need to succeed in life. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Let's make our financial faith confession. And, uh, Let's put a smile on our face. I know we've had a lot of good news this morning already, but let's put a smile on our face. And uh, this is not a funeral home this morning.
<laughs> We're not at a funeral. Jesus was already buried, but he didn't stay dead. He rose. So we can glory in that. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give ministry in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
for a minute and worship the Lord together. Uh, and let's all sing this together. I just want us to sing. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. Let's raise our voices and sing that. And there is nothing like your love. Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Let's just sing that again. And I just want to be where you are. Raise your voices. And 
got a word of knowledge that's one of the gifts of the spirit God tell you something what's going on what people need and uh, specifically anyone having trouble with their mind this morning that something's going on beyond the normal where you haven't been able to form thoughts try to read your bible and you can't focus I mean I know that covers a lot of us a lot of times but this is something specific if just something really seems like, man, something's really not connected. Something's just not working like it ought to work. I just kind of see it like a like a mechanic working on a car that a wire comes loose. What little wire? And they have to connect that wire back up to put a little solder on or something, make the connection back right. Well, God wants to get something connected in your thinking process. I want to lay hands on you. And I want to say it again. About everybody goes through time. Sometimes they like, man, there's something, but there's something, you know, specifically, you've been praying, crying out, what's wrong, what's wrong? Why can't I think clear? Well, God wants to do some work in your head this morning. So if that's you, come up here and let me pray for you. And God's going to do something to help get your head straight. Amen. Amen. And, you know, when I lay hands on you, just get this picture, because this is the this is the picture the Lord gave me. It's just like if you see a piece of equipment or anything, I mean, whatever you can relate like that, a wire came loose. And you know, something's just not right. Well, the Lord wants to get that connection back, whatever that is, I don't know what it is. But I just know that Jesus said, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I just believe real simply, my hand going to be an instrument of God to 
bring his anointing into whatever it is that he's connected, he's going to connect that wire back up, just whatever that would mean. He's going to connect that back up, and you're going to start seeing a difference. And just always remember, anything you receive from God, I said this a while ago, there's the man side and the God side. Well, number one, the man side, the person side, you responded and came up, you've done that part. And now I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what God showed me to do. I'm going to lay hands on you, believing that Jesus through me is going to do something in your head. Now your part, we always receive by faith. And what faith is simply means you believe in your heart, you receive, and you speak it out of your mouth. So as a point of contact, when I touch you, then just whisper whatever you want to do. Say, Jesus, I want to thank you. Things are connected back up and they're going to work now. And then, as you go through the next few days, that thing tries to come back on you. You just stop saying, no, no, no. I've been fixed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Things have been made right. And that's your faith connected with God to see things change in your life. And I expect we'll hear some testimonies. People say, wow, Pastor, I just can't hardly believe that happened. Things cleared up. I can think again. Amen. Amen. Well, everybody extend their hand this way, and I'm going to lay hands on people and just real simple believe that God's doing His part. Amen. In the name of Jesus, receive His fix. Receive it. Things be right in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I release the anointing of God. Be fixed. Be made right. Be whole. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release that anointing. Lord, I thank you for connecting things and making them work how they're supposed to work in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for clear head, clear thinking, being able to concentrate, thoughts being right. Things are connected in the name of Jesus. Lord, I release that anointing. I release that anointing, Lord. Thank you for connecting things and making them right. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I release that anointing. I release the anointing of God in Jesus' name. Be hooked up. Things working right. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release the power of God. I release the anointing of God. Things be right. Be put together. Think right. Clear thoughts. Concentrate. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, be restored. Be healed. Things right. In the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for that connection. Woo! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. It's taking place now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for clear minds, sound minds. In Jesus' name. Things working right, things restored, things healed, connected in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you for that connection. Thank you for things hooked up and doing right. Thank you, Father, for a normal, concise mind, clear mind, clear-headed, things hooked up, connected, and doing right in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I release the anointing of God. I release the power of God in Jesus' name. Things hooked up. Connected, do what they're supposed to do in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for clarity, clarity, clarity. Thank you for clarity, Lord. Clarity, clarity. Thank you for clarity, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I loose that anointing. I loose that anointing. Father, I thank you for getting everything wired how it goes. Things working what they're supposed to do and doing right. In the name of Jesus, thank you for that anointing. Thank you for that anointing. Father, I just want to thank you for clarity, for focus, things connected, things right. 
everything in this head, everything working right, how you created them to work, Lord, in the name of Jesus, normal, 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 in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to thank you in Jesus' name for that clarity, for things connected up here, things connected, things working right, Father. I thank you for restoration, restoration, back to normal, back to normal in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you, Father. Your word's true. He said you give us power to love and a sound mind, a sound mind. Lord, I thank you for focus, concentration, things working right, Lord. I just want to thank you, anointing, go to there, connecting that, making those connections right in Jesus' name. Father, I just want to thank you in the name of Jesus for your healing anointing, for your power, your power, Lord. Oh, I want to thank you for focus, soundness, Lord, things working right, concentration, be where it should be in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, we just want to thank you for everything connected, working right how you prayed it to work in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, keep your hands off his head. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every evil spirit. Try to take a hold of his mind. Loose him and let him go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we just want to thank you for your power. Not only going into his head, but into his soul. Because of this connection between spirit, soul, body. Working right in the name of Jesus. Focus, concentration. Restoration back to normal today in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you. You're the one that said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Thank you for absolutely restoration. Things being put back together, restored back to how they're supposed to be. Normal, normal, normal in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We can grow old, but we don't have to grow dim in our thinking, Lord. As we grow older, Father, we just want to thank you. We can have a clear mind, a sound mind, focus, concentrate, and things be right. I just want to thank you for your anointing, your anointing working here for restoration, total restoration, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. But don't forget, keep your faith active. Keep your faith active. First sign of attack, say, thank you, Lord. i got a sound mind. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the presence of the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is here today, and, and I know that he's going to speak to each one of us. And you know, it's important whenever something like that happens that, you know, maybe you come forward for prayer and you don't feel anything, but you took a step of faith and you acknowledge that, hey, God's talking to me right now. And even if you don't feel anything right then, just know that God is doing something in your life. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to get into the word of God today. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord with us? Amen. Ah, there's no place I'd rather be than right here with God's people in God's house, listening to God's word. And so we're going to get into uh, the word of God today. And uh, really the title of the message today is this. It is simply no, no. N-O, no. And you're like, well, gee, this sounds like a deep one. Well, no, just listen to me. I believe that the Lord is going to speak to you today. But I have found out that one of the most powerful words that you have at your disposal is the power to say no. 
right? In fact, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There is a lot of power available to you just simply through your words. And as I got to thinking about this and praying and studying, and I see so many instances and examples in the Bible of where people said no to the wrong things and yes to the right things, but there is power in the word no. And if you need an outline for this sermon, raise your hand and the ushers will give you one. One of the greatest examples that I've seen is this, and I didn't even tell Pastor Katie that I'm getting ready to share literally the funniest story that we have experienced together. Maybe not the funniest, but it's up there. You know, you know where I'm going? So <laughs> Pastor Katie is a powerful, strong woman that is never, I mean, she always, it's like she always has the right word to say at the right time. I mean, God has just blessed her with that. And I tell her, and, and she was going to go to law school before she ran into this. And then she's like, no, 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 forget law school. And she does, you know, praise God. So she's in ministry now. Amen. Am I right? That's kind of how it went. And so anyway, uh, praise God. We were at, we were at a place in Pennsylvania a few weeks ago. Uh, maybe some of you have heard of this, uh, of this. Maybe they used to have them in California, but there's a chain of restaurants called Roy Rogers. Anybody heard of these? Did they used to have those in California? No? Yes? No? Anyway, I don't know. But uh, they th- that's a chain of restaurants started by the man himself, one of our local legends, Roy Rogers. And so we find out that they've got these Roy Rogers restaurants, and we say, oh, we have got to go. And so we go, and I mean, I'm not putting them down. This isn't my Yelp review, but it wasn't everything that I dreamed it would be. But we're, we're, we're here at the Roy Rogers restaurant. Do you want to tell the story, or do you want me to tell it? I think she should, who thinks Pastor Katie should tell it? Amen? Alright. And so, tell, <laughs> tell them your story of... Okay, it's one of the weirder moments I've ever had in life, and I've had a lot of weird moments. Um, so, we're having this, like, you know, business discussion on the Turnpike in Pennsylvania. And, you know, we're like, okay, 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 we're gonna go get something to eat. And we happen to go in, and it's a Roy Rogers restaurant, and I'm all excited. Um, because I had heard about them on the foods that built America. We're those kind of nerds. Anyway, so we go into the Roy Rogers restaurant and, um, they're out of roast beef, which is like the whole point of going. And so I'm so sad. And the people in front of us are talking about how it's nostalgia from his childhood and telling this teenager, like, get over it, okay? This is for your dad. And I'm like, I'm trying to get over it, okay? Anyway, so we order chicken, whatever. It's going to be fine. We order chicken. And the cashier is sort of uh, short with us, like, what do you want? You know? Whatever you have left. <laughs> I just want some food, okay? So we, you know, get our drinks and stuff, and we go sit down and wait on our to-go food because it's just not really worth staying. And all the ketchup pumps are out. I'm like, I really would like some ketchup with my fries. So I go, <laughs> so I go up to the counter and there's the cashier and then there's the guy setting the food on the counter, right? Like from the back. And I said, hello, I'm so sorry to bug you. Um, I was wondering if you have any ketchup packets. And he stares at me and yells, no. And I was like, <gasps> I, what do you say to that? You know, I thank you. Normally I would have been like, excuse me. But it was, say caught me so off guard, he just stared so nicely. No! 
a great day. So that was that was our no moment. Amen. There you go. And so if if somebody's asking you for something and and you don't want to do it the right, the guy just yells no. And 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 I I was sitting at the table. I see her walk back to the table like so confused. Like, did that really just happen? And I'm like, honey, if that man had you at a loss for words, then I think that that what what did he say to you? All he said was no. And so nobody likes to hear the word no, but I'm telling you right now, there is some power in simply saying no. We're not going to do that. No, devil. You can't put that on my family. No, devil. You're not welcome in this home. No, devil. I do not receive the lies that you are feeding to my mind right now. Amen. You have got to learn the power of no. And as I've, you know, moved a little bit forward in life and grown up a little bit, I've realized that there's oftentimes more power in my no than there is in my yes. You've got to get that, that there is a lot of power in your no. And everybody's always thinking about, like, man, what, what do I have to say yes to? What do, what do I got to do today? What do I? And when you begin to realize, like, okay, what am I going to need to say no to today? And we talked a few weeks ago about being an intentional person, right? Living your life on purpose, not just fly by the seat of your pants. And when you realize what your priorities are, when you realize what your real target is in life and what your goals are, it makes your no much more easier for you. Somebody comes up and says, hey, we've got this great thing going on. Can you guys invest your time, money, resources, and people into it? And we as a church, we have found out that what are we? We are a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. That is why we exist. And so if you're like me, maybe you're not, but maybe you are, I've got every week, probably every day, people coming up to me, messaging me, texting me, calling me, hey, Pastor Dave, there's a great thing going on and you need to be involved with it. You need to, you need, you need to get your church involved. You need to get your, and I'm like, okay, what is it? Well, it's this, we're going out to feed the squirrels at Dana Park this weekend. And, and, you know, for example, like that's a very noble and wonderful cause. The squirrels do need to eat. But for us, our church uh, is a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. If it doesn't have to do with fixing families and marriages and children and strengthening families, I'm probably going to have to say no because that's just not what our target is. God bless the squirrels. Can I get an amen today? I've met a few squirrels. Anyway, so I'm telling you right now that there's a lot of power in your no, and there's a lot of freedom when you know the no, when you know the why behind your no. Amen? And so I'm going to probably have to break this up into a few weeks of teaching, but today I'm going to have time to talk about two areas that we need to learn to say no in. And believe me, there's a lot more. I'll just be sitting there and uh, you know, a thought uh, pops into my mind. So I've got a, a tons of notes on this uh, topic, but it's very important. And it may sound like, again, not the, not the deepest or most uh, complex thing you've ever heard, but you need to realize that there are some things in our life that maybe we've been saying yes to, and we didn't even know we were saying yes, right? Have your kids ever done that to you? You know, uh, they come and ask you a question, you're like, ah, uh, uh, not, not right now, or go, go you know, and, and they come up later and, hey, are we going to do that today? You said yes. Like, wait a minute, I don't remember saying yes. Well, you didn't say no, so the other, the other option is yes. 
and sometimes in our life, man, maybe the devil's coming at you or whatever else, and and you didn't say, yes, come on in and wreck my house, but you didn't say no either. And when you realize the authority you have in Christ Jesus to say no, you at that point in time are going to start seeing some better results in your life. Amen. And so we're going to get into a, a couple of things today and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on. But let's go ahead and pray this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much that we have got a house to come in and worship you and learn your word together. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, you know what each one of us is facing. You know what each one of us is going through. And I pray that you would get the word to us today for exactly what we need to hear. Lord, we want answers from you because we want to get better. We don't want to stay the same. We want to be better for you and we thank you for it in Jesus name can someone say amen All right number 1 this may sound so obvious but number 1 we got to say no to Satan you got to say no to Satan now there's I mean we could just really expound on this topic but I'll try to stay focused but one big thing that you need to say no to Satan on is this is when he tempts you with sin Thank you for your holy silence. You are holy. Okay, you are holy. Very good. Uh, but I'm telling you that that you might, well, duh, everyone knows that. I mean, come on. No, you got to really get this in your heart because Satan is working overtime to tempt you with things in your life. And why does he do that? I mean, why, why does he want to tempt you and pull you away with sin? Because he wants to separate you from God. Then he wants to rub your face in it and shame you and have you have such a sense of guilt that you don't even think you can go to God anymore. Where you're like, oh, why, why even pray? I've been too bad. Why, why, God's mad at me. Uh, why, why should I even go to church? They're all, they're all got it together and I don't. And, and listen to me. We have got to learn the power of simply saying no. Now I want to show you the greatest example of this and it's the man himself, Jesus Christ. Let's look this morning at Matthew chapter 4. Can we flip over there, Matthew chapter 4? Amen. Now, nobody likes hearing no, and the devil doesn't like hearing no. But when you get God's word in your heart, he's going to hear a whole lot of no out of you. Amen. And so Matthew chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Now, here we have Jesus was just baptized. And he has one of the most wonderful moments of his adult life where his father at the end of chapter 3, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, his relative. He comes up out of the water and if you know the story, the Holy Spirit descends upon him in the form of a dove. And an audible voice from heaven speaks out and says, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. And it's one of the only times in scripture that the audible voice of God bellowed out of heaven and everybody heard it, not just one person. And so Jesus just had a wonderful moment. Now I got baptized and it was awesome, but none of that happened. All right. And so I, it was a great moment, but none of that happened. And so Jesus just has this moment. And the key thing being this is that God, the father said, this is my son. This is the son of God. And look at the very next thing, Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 says, Then Jesus 
full of the Holy Spirit, no doubt about it, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Now, oftentimes we read things about Jesus and we're like, well, yeah, he could do that because he was Jesus. It was really easy for him. Don't you get it? That Jesus was full man and full God. He was, he came to this earth so he would know what it was to be in a human body. He came to this earth really so he could have a body to die. Because if he was just a spirit in heaven, he could never die to pay the price for our sins. Because spirits don't die. And so Jesus takes on a body. He comes to earth and we read stuff like that. Well, duh, he's Jesus. Jesus had to eat food too. You know that, right? Jesus felt pain when they nailed him to the cross. He didn't just have some ability to not feel anything. The scripture tells us in Hebrews that he was tested and tempted in all the ways that we are, yet without sin. And so don't sit there and read something like that and say, yeah, easy for him. That's easy work That because he's Jesus. No, if Jesus went 40 days without food, that took some massive self-discipline, first of all. And it also tells us the man was hungry and he was in a weakened state of body at that point in time. He was very hungry. Then the devil rolls up and says to him, okay, all right, Mr. Special Guy, listen, if you really are the son of God, wait a minute, didn't God the father just come down and say, this is my son. Anytime you get a word from God, the devil's going to show up and say, okay, If you really are a daughter of God, (laughs) if you really are healed, if you really are a Christian, if you really do have victory, then what about this? Every time, mark my words, that the Lord speaks to your heart, the devil's going to show up to try to speak to your mind. Get it? The Lord's going to speak to some of you today in this service. You're going to walk out the doors and the devil's going to say, you really believe that? (laughs) Really? You? What are you going to do? You better learn how to say no like Jesus said no. And so the devil says, okay, tough guy, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, what did Jesus say? No. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. And if you read all the way through to verse 11, Satan comes back and says, okay, all right, hey, if you're so special, if you're the son of God, why don't you just jump off of the top of the temple here? Because the scriptures say that his angels will protect you everywhere you go. And Jesus replies, no, the scriptures say you shall not test the Lord your God. And then the devil comes back and says, all right, do you see all these cities? Do you see all these lights? Do you see all of this? I will give it all to you if you'll just bow down and worship me. And you're like, well, that, that, had, that was nothing. This is Jesus that we're talking about. Jesus was in a weakened state of body and mind. And in fact, the scripture tells us that Satan is currently the God of this world. First Corinthians 4, 4. He's the currently in charge of all this. And so he says, I'll, I'll sign it all over to you right now. If you'll just bow down right here. What? would have happened if Jesus in that moment said, okay, fine, just leave me alone. I'll I'll do it. What if he did that? Oh my goodness. But how did he fight the devil? He says, no, it 
is written. You will only serve the Lord your God. Think about that. And so what do we learn from this story? If Satan was going to try to come and tempt even Jesus Christ himself, you don't think he's going to try to come and mess with you and bring things in front of you, especially when you are in a weakened state of mind and body. And, and, and for, I mean, especially if you are in a weakened state of spirit. If you haven't been in the Word lately, you haven't been coming to church lately, you haven't been praying lately, if you have not been strong in your relationship with God, He will come in at just the right moment and put something right in front of you, and you're, I, I mean, and, and, and you are not ready for that fight. But what happened with Jesus? He instantly spoke scripture out to the devil. And what happened? He won. It's so important that we realize the power of our no. And when you've got God's word in your heart, you're going to say, no, I would never do that. The scripture says this right here. You've got to have it in your heart. I don't like seeing Satan come and, and make a fool out of us. Try to come in and, 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 and try to and, and get someone that's really a good person, really trying hard for Jesus, and get them to do something shameful and stupid because it doesn't end there. He rubs your face in it, and then you feel worthless and like crud for a really long time. Why? Why do we do this? And so I'm telling you, you've got to learn to be able to say no and to back it up with Scripture. Now, I've said this before, but the reality of the rapture and of heaven is a real thing to me. I, I don't preach on the rapture and in the, on the end times because people want to hear about it or because it's some cool thing. I truly, with all my heart, believe that at some point soon... We are going to hear a trumpet sound from heaven. We're going to see those clouds split open. We're going to look up and see Jesus Christ standing right there saying, it's time. We're going now. Let's go. Amen. I I mean, I, I really believe that. And the thought comes to me, what will I be doing in that moment when I hear the trumpet? Am I going to be here in, in church? Am I going to be at home, you know, with, with my family? Am I going to be reading my Bible? Am I going to be driving down the road praying? What am I going to be doing? But God forbid that Satan had just brought something to me. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, why not? Let's go. And I did something at that moment. I hear that trumpet sound and I'm like, oh my gosh, no. This is the worst possible timing. Why? Why right now? No, I'm not saying at that moment that I, I wouldn't go to heaven, but that is certainly not the spot that I want to be in when Jesus shows up and says, it's time to go. Now, back in the 1980s, uh, President Reagan's wife started this campaign, maybe you remember this, called Just Say No to Drugs, right? And so, you know, uh, and, 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 and th- that's a great thing, you know, I, I support that. Just say no. But I also know this much. If I'm relying on my own strength, I face some things that I might not have the power to just say no to if I'm just relying on my own willpower. There are some things that I can't just willpower my way through in my own strength. But this is on your outline. You better know this. With the power of God's word and the grace of God, you can say no to anything. Anything. 
you can say no to with the power of God's word, with the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you can say no. I want you to look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Are you still with me today? All right. Buckle up. We're going to look at some things here. Psalm 119, and we're going to look at verses 9 through 11. Amen. And so we're teaching this morning on the power of our no and how you can say no to anything wrong in your life. So Psalm 119, and we're going to look at verses 9 through 11. This is the longest chapter in all the Bible. And it's a really good chapter. I recommend that you can read about 10 verses at a time. It's broken down into a poem. But uh, let's look here at Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. And King David says this, How can a young person stay pure? Good question. By obeying your word. Think about that. People are like, oh, kids these days, not these youngins. They can't stay pure. They can't wait. No, no, no. They've got, they've, there's no restraints on them. Yes, there is. If they obey God's word. Now, in their own ability, temptation and, and everything else is all over the place, flooding us nonstop from every possible angle. But how could I stay pure? By obeying God's word. It can happen. Oh, yeah. Look at this next verse. David said, I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. What's God's commands? God's word. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What did Jesus apparently have hidden in his heart when the devil came to him? God's word. And Jesus said something else very profound in the book of Matthew. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in your heart will come out of your mouth. And especially when you're really being squeezed by the devil or by whatever pressure, what's really in here is what's going to come out of your mouth. When the pressure comes on and you've got maybe not good things in here, the first thing that's coming out is going to probably be some not good words, right? (laughs) Maybe some curse words, maybe some doubt and like, I can't ever catch a break. Nothing ever goes right for me. But if you've got God's word in your heart and the devil comes and begins to squeeze just like a sponge, whatever's on the inside, you find out when it's squeezed, it starts coming out. If God's word is in your heart and something comes at you, it's going to come flying out just like that. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It'll come firing out if that's what's really in your heart. And so a great way to find out what's really in your heart is to experience a little pressure in life and see what comes out of your mouth. Amen? Thank you again. Hallelujah for your... Yeah, come on. (laughs) And so, again, uh, man, I just love that verse 9. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. And, And again, people tell me, like, it's impossible. You cannot, cannot be a, a young couple and go out together and date and be together very long and stay pure. And and I say this, you know, a part of our testimony, okay? Man, I've done a lot of dumb things, okay? I'm not the best example on everything in this world. I've done some stupid and wrong backwards things. I mean, I could go off on all the dumb things that I've done, but I'd rather not. But I will say this. 
that one thing that God blessed us to be able to do is we stayed pure with each other until the night that we got married and put this ring. July 31st, 2004, we put these rings on. And that changed everything. Amen. And four kids later, here we are. Come on, somebody. Amen. But what I'm saying is this, is that even back then, people are like, no, no, come on. Quit bluffing. There's no way that a young person could, could date you guys two years and, and you've never. And I'm like, yeah, it's not impossible. Yes, it is. I went into work one day at FedEx in Indianapolis. I go in and I was 18. I was like, hey, everybody got engaged this weekend. And I didn't hear congratulations. I heard, I mean, gasp. <gasps> no, no, a uh, horror. And pe- people are like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You don't even know. And I'm like, a simple congratulations would have done fine, but it's, it's good. It's good. Like, you've never been with this. How do you know? And I'm like, you mean to tell me that you, who's been through 25 broken relationships and screwed every one of them, you are going to tell me that you know better than God Almighty on how to have a relationship? Who died and made you God? You know? And so what I'm saying out of all of that is this, is that, yes, you can say no. Is it hard? Sometimes it is. But guess what? Through God's word. Oh, yeah. You can say no to anything because his word backs you up and it gives you a strength and a power and a grace that you do not possess on your own. Who wants me to move on now? Okay, very good. (laughs) I can tell when I'm hitting a little close to home and I hate. I love you. I love you. I love you. All right. Let's go on to the second thing. And it's this. And, and this might, you may, maybe you'll want me to go back to point one after this. But listen, you need to learn how to say no to you. Say no to you. Do you ever have to tell yourself no? I hope you do. I mean, good Lord, I've got to all the time. <laughs> You've got to all the time, man. And, and there's all sorts of things that even if it's not a bad thing, it may not be the right at that moment, but I really want to. I, I I really want this. And well, the bank account says you should probably pay the electric bill before you do this. Yeah, but I really like this. Tell yourself no. That's impossible. Through the power of God, you can tell yourself no on anything through God's word. But you've got to have his word hidden in your heart. At Psalm 119 verse 11, that I might not sin against you. Now, as we said already, nobody likes to hear the word no. Satan doesn't like to hear it. Other people don't like it when you tell them no, right? I mean, again, everybody's asking you, hey, we need you to get involved in this. Hey, can you donate to this? Hey, can you? And I found out what great pastor Gerald Brooks said, nobody expects you to do everything. They just expect you to do their thing. Maybe, okay, again, that resonates with me because nobody's like, yeah, we get it. You can't do everything. We just want you to do our thing. And you've got to learn how to say no. Now, one of the biggest signs of maturity for a Christian is when you can say no to your own desires and wants. Maybe like, man, I'm really craving this. I'm really wanting this right now. When you can say no, no, that's not... 
the right thing right now. Now, clearly, if the scripture calls it sin, then that's not even debatable. Then, yeah, I, I got to say no to that. But maybe it's, again, something that's not even a, a, a bad thing. It's just a no for you right now. Your bank account says don't do that. The kids are going to need food this week. Don't do that. You're going to need to be able to, to do this later. Whatever the case is, there's a lot of power in our no, and it's a sign of maturity when you can start telling yourself, no, we're not going to do that right now. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to walk away from this. So I'm going to show you two things here, two sub points under this where you need to say no to yourself. All right. A, when it could cause someone else to stumble. I have got to tell myself no when it could cause somebody else to stumble. And I, I know this may not sound real exciting to you, but there are some things that maybe technically aren't even a sin, but they could cause another believer to stumble. So I'm going to tell myself no, because I care more about other people than I care about myself. Do you get that? I mean, you, you realize as you grow, right? Part of maturity is you realize it's not all about you anymore. What happened when you got married, you realize like, oh, wait, I need to consider my wife now. Or you start having kids and like, wait a minute, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I got to consider what's best for all of them. As you grow as a Christian, hey, you're a big brother in Jesus right now. You're a big sister in Christ. If what I'm going to do right now is going to throw another believer off, then I'm going to have to say, you know, uh, uh, I could do that, but I realize that. This guy right here, that could, he may, that's gonna do something to him. It could cause him to stumble. And I'm not willing to have somebody else stumble because of my actions. Now an immature believer said, hey, I have rights. I can do whatever I wanna do. And praise God, you, you, you can't do that. But again, as you grow in the Lord, you realize it's not all about you. I feel like we need to say that together today because I'm getting some blank stares like the, the lights are on, but nobody's home, right? And so say it with me. It's not all about me. I want to hear it one more time. And I'm going to say it. It is not all about Pastor Dave. It's not all about me. I'm living for Jesus and I'm living to bring other people to Jesus. That's the reason why I exist on planet earth. Amen. My life is not my own anymore. My life belongs to Jesus. And if he says no, I say, okay, that's, yeah, no, that's the answer. Yes, sir. No, I'm not going to do it. Even if everybody else is doing it. Now in first Corinthians, who remembers we did, I felt a wonderful Wednesday night study on first Corinthians earlier this year. We did, we did every, nearly every verse. We read, I would say 90% of every verse in the entire book of first Corinthians. Now, one thing about the Corinthians was this, is they were extremely immature. In fact, Paul put it this way, they were carnal. Well, what's carnal? That means they were of the flesh. They were ruled by their flesh. They, whatever felt good is what they just did, okay? And, and they made their decisions based off of their own physical comfort. And Paul said, you guys are babies. You're, you're carnal. You're not spiritual people. And they're like, yeah, but Paul, we speak in tongues. We prophesy. We do a lot of really spiritual things. And he's like, come on, stop it. 
Stop. You're, you're immature. And it's incredible to me. I've been in my personal life studying the book of Ephesians over the past few weeks. And the way that Paul talks to them is so much deeper and so much stronger and, and, and better than what he had to say to the Corinthians because the Ephesians, they, they were pretty mature. They were going to the Lord. The Corinthians, they were fighting over who got more bread at communion. I mean, they were some messed up people. And so they really did whatever was best for themselves. They're like, hey. I'm looking out for number one. You gotta take care of you. Every man for himself. It's a dog eat dog world out there. You just take care of you and everybody else can fend for themselves. Well, I want to show you something here that Paul had to say in 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. One of the big controversies of the church of that time, believe it or not, was meat. Meat. And so, they lived in Corinth, which was a wild city full of idol worship. So the local people that weren't Christians, They would take meat and offer it to their idol. And of course, the idol never ate the meat because he wasn't real and he wasn't alive. And so what would happen is people would later on go and grab that meat and resell it at the market. Or resell it even in in their version of restaurants for that day. And so the controversy was this. Is it okay for a Christian to go buy that discounted meat? Or is it wrong because it was offered to an idol? And so they were fighting like, people are like, no, you can't do that. That was offered to an idol. Why would you eat that? And another guy's like, hey, I know a good deal when I see one. I think for 50% off, Jesus could look the other way, right? And so it was an argument. And so Paul comes in and he says this to them regarding this particular topic. First Corinthians 8 and verse 9, he says, you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. Now, I may have freedom to do a whole lot of things, but what if it causes someone else with a weaker conscience to stumble? You got to be careful. You got to be careful. You need to learn how to tell yourself no. Look at chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. Are you still with me today? You're still glad you came, right? Okay. Amen. Some of you guys, it's the start of football season, so if nothing else, you know. Unless you're a Cowboys fan, then God be with you. First Corinthians. Come on. Yeah, amen. I know I knew I could I know how to get to you. All right. First Corinthians twenty three through twenty four. Check it out. Paul says, You guys say I'm allowed to do anything. Yeah, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Check it out. Look at this. Highlight it, mark it, share it on Facebook. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. That is the sign of a mature Christian right there. When I'm more concerned about others than I am myself. That's a big thing right there. Now, Paul was talking to these guys about meat offered to idols and a whole lot of other things if you read the whole book. And I'm looking at our modern culture, 2022. Well, we don't really have a, a, a problem with uh, the idol meat industry here in Barstow, do we? I'm not, the, not to my knowledge. Maybe there is. There's a lot I don't know. But we face a lot of other Areas and topics that, that are more, 
relevant to where we are today, right? And I was just thinking of one ex- one example, one out of many that I could think of is per- perchance the topic of alcohol, right? You know, uh, I think this is a good example because a lot of Christians. Anywhere where it says, thou shalt not blow a .08 on the breathalyzer test. Other than that, you're good. I mean, you do it, do it, but thou shalt not reach .08. It doesn't say that. So I'm like, the line's too blurry for me. Eh, no, thank you. I'm not going to cross that. Not going to even flirt with the blurry line. But even if you think it's okay for you, have you considered the implications it could have on the people around you? I've got rights. Am I my brother's keeper? Pump the brakes, Kane. <laughs> Come on, Kane. Listen, that's the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, hey, I do me. If they got a problem, it's on them. I ain't responsible for all them. Okay, Kane, you just keep talking about that. Listen, well, there's another guy in scripture that said, Am I in charge of my brother? And God was like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. And he killed, of course, we know Cain killed Abel, and uh, that didn't turn out well for anybody. But at the same time, don't sit there. Now, if you want to be a, you know, stay at the level you're at, never grow and mature and move beyond where you're at, then praise God, you know, again, you do you. But I am not content with where I'm at. I know that God's got bigger and greater things for me. I want to do more for Jesus than I've already done. And if I've got such a selfish, prideful, snotty little attitude where I'm like, yeah, they can get over it. I'll do whatever I want to do. Come on. Yes, you are your brother's keeper. And if, and, and I, and I look at, at, at our church. I, I mean, I can look at the samples family all day long, but I look at our church and I mean, it didn't dawn on me how many people at this church have been delivered from the clutches of alcohol. Satan was choking their lives out. One of the best people of the whole church, we got her in. I got got a call a few years ago that this wonderful, precious woman was down at the hospital in Victorville dying. A young lady from alcohol. And and, and her liver was just shutting down. And Katie, Pastor Katie and I barely knew her. We went there and prayed for her. Man, God healed her of that. She got out of that hospital, and she's not missed church since then. But what about if old... Pastor Dave or Mike or Betty or you know, Maxine, Raul, you know, people that are, you, you, maybe you look up to, you know, you're like, you God delivered someone from that. And then they see me out there with the boys, the boys pounding one down. Like, hey, I've got rights. What if they're like, oh, if it's okay for him, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. If he says it's okay, then I'm just going to, yeah, I'll be fine. Maybe I could handle one without going off the deep end. But all it would take is one drop touching that precious person's lips and they would be back in the grip of that demon. Well, that's their problem. Oh my gosh, you selfish little... uh, Listen to me. It's not their problem. If you cause somebody else to stumble, you answer to God. No, I don't. Oh, let's go. Oh, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's look here. Let's go over to the book of Luke. Can we go over there? All right. Now you're probably, I came to church to get encouraged. Well, you came to get help, okay? Now this may not encourage you, but I hope it does. It encouraged me. 
because I like to hear the truth of God's word even when it roughs me up a little bit. Sometimes I need roughed up a little and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I can do a little bit better than what I've been doing. And so, you know, we're talking about what what are things that we do that cause other people to stumble? Well, I just see a, a big one in our modern culture and society would be something like alcohol. What about social media? You don't want me to talk about that? Okay. Right. Let's go. Uh, it's my account. I can do whatever I want to do. God bless America. Yes, you can. Absolutely. You've got every right in the world. You know, maybe the fact checkers will come get you. But other than that, I'm just saying <laughs> that's true. But what if the things that I post causes hurt and harm and causes somebody else to stumble? I'm accountable. I'm accountable. I am, as a mature Christian, my brother's keeper. I lay down some rights. There's things that I would like to say and do, but I know it would hurt people. I want to help people, you know, by the truth of God's word, absolutely. But if I'm just stupid and, and gnarly and crazy because I feel like being crazy and it causes other people. Wait, I thought that they, wait, I, I go to church with her. I go to church with him. Why, why, why would they... Why would, why would they say something like that? And they begin to doubt God's word because they see you being a crazy fool on the internet? Yeah, that's their problem. No, that's your problem. And you answer to God for it. You know, that's just, just something that's real to me. And, and, and apparently some people even uh, have two accounts. They'll have one ca- account for their Christian friends to see and then another account that they can post crazy sinful things on. You know what? That's brilliant. That is so smart. Except for the fact that Jesus sees both accounts. I don't want Pastor Dave to see it. Don't worry about me, brother. I'm fine. I've seen and heard terrible things in my life nearly every day. But check it out. Don't worry about me. My opinion doesn't matter. Jesus' opinion matters. He said, we're called. You must, Peter said it this way, you must be holy for I am holy. God's a holy God. And he loves you. And I want to, I'm, I'm not trying to be perfect here. I'll never be perfect. I get that. But I can't bear the thought that I would do things so shameful that it would bring shame and disgrace upon the name of Jesus Christ. And somebody would say, well, if that's how a Christian behaves, then no, thank you. That's real, man. And, and, and I live with that. Luke eight seventeen. Jesus said this, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. Dear Lord, that is scary. <laughs> How many times have we seen somebody, you know, involved in something like, no one will ever find out. It, 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 you know, it, it's hidden and nobody will ever find out. Check it. Listen to me. Everything that is hidden will be brought to the light into the open, and everything that's concealed will be brought out. Jesus said it. We've seen it time and time again. So I don't even want to do things in my secret personal life that could wreck somebody else's faith if they found out about it. Now, my gosh, the Lord knows that I am not a perfect man. And oh, my gosh, I see so many things. i got to do better, i got to do better, i got to do better. But I promise you this, that... I want to live for Jesus, and I don't want to do anything that if somebody in here saw me doing it, they would say, oh, no, no, oh, my gosh. And it could wreck you and hurt you and make you turn away from Jesus. A lot of people are like, man, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a teacher. I want to get up there. 
listen, James, Jesus' brother, said, don't be so quick to want to be a teacher or a preacher or a church leader because they get judged by a stricter standard than everybody else. And someone's like, no, Jesus judges everybody the same. No, he doesn't. Stop that. No, he doesn't. He judges preachers and teachers and elders and church leaders to a stricter degree because the more people that you have an impact on, the higher the level that you need to walk for Jesus. I'm not being mean. I'm just trying to tell the truth to help us today. i got to look at this every day. Every day I've got to see this stuff and realize, like, man, your life is not about you anymore. Your life is about living for Jesus and for helping other people out. And if I want to be a leader, if I want to preach, if I want to teach, if I want to sing, then, yeah, Jesus said, hey, count the cost. you you, you got you got to live it. you got to live it. Amen? And so... Uh, Let's look at uh, uh, chapter 17, verses 1 through 2. Are we having a good time, people? Amen, amen. You're still going to come back to church next Sunday, right? Okay, okay. I believe you. I believe you. Luke 17, verses 1 through 2. So Jesus goes a step further in warning us about causing other people to stumble. Luke 17, verses 1 through 2. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptation to sin. Have you realized that? That you got saved, you gave your life to Jesus, and you're still tempted to sin. Right? We all are. The temptation doesn't just go away, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? Woo! It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. Now, Matthew and Mark share the same story. Matthew is clearly speaking about causing children to stumble. Uh, but Luke and Mark seem to have the connotation of maybe a, a, a young believer, a new believer, somebody that's new in the Lord. Jesus says, if you cause one of them to stumble, you would be better off to have a giant boulder tied around your neck and dropped out into the ocean. Now, I'm, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I do know that my chances of survival are not great if I am chained to a stone and thrown into the Pacific. I mean, that's not a good setup for anybody. That's bad. And Jesus says, as bad as that is, that's actually better than what's going to happen if you're going around causing other people to stumble. If you are the source of the temptation, you'd actually be better to be chained to a rock and thrown into the sea. I'm like, wow, Jesus, <laughs> that's harsh. That's harsh. I love the verses, man, where it's just all all inspirational and encouraging and seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Man, I love that verse. I love it. It makes me feel great. But I read something like this, and I'm like, listen, the same Jesus that said that is the same Jesus that said this. Now, I'm just trying to help us today and get us to a higher level in Jesus. And so there are some times that I've got to say no to myself. You don't know how many times I've wanted to email things, preach things, post things, say things where on the inside, no, don't do it. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. I really, really want to, but I will not. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart as a Christian. 
And the more you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, when on the inside you're like, don't do it, don't do it. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. And the more you listen, the easier it is to hear his voice and the easier it is to obey him. The more that you listen and the more you obey, it gets a little bit easier. I promise you that. But you've got to start listening. All right? Let's look at B. All right? I'm just going to wind it down. Is it really that time? Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize that. All right? B. Times that I need to say no to myself. B. When it's not God's will for you. When it's not God's will for me. Now, you'll eventually come to a fork in the road where you can choose your way. That may not even be an evil and sinful way. Or the way that God's speaking to your heart. His way may seem harder. And a lot of times it is harder. A lot of times it is. But I know this much, that His way is always better and it's always for my good. And nobody knew this better than Jesus Himself. Do you realize that Jesus had the opportunity to choose His own way or to go the way of the Father? And he chose to submit. Finally, let's look at Luke 22. Luke 22. Are we still together today? Amen. We're going to bring it in for a landing. Luke 22. Verses 42 through 44. Now Jesus says this. He is here in the garden praying. His disciples kept falling asleep every time he turned around. So, I mean, they weren't much help. But uh, but here he is. He's praying. And he knows, man, the soldiers are on their way. He knows. He's getting ready to get beaten. He's getting ready to be crucified. He's getting ready to go to hell. And it, 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 this is not a surprise. He was not blind to any of this. He knew what was coming. And again, we're like, yeah, it was easy. He was Jesus. He had to do it. No, he didn't. And no, it wasn't easy. And so look at this. Luke 22, verse 42. Jesus is praying to God Almighty in his greatest hour of need. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Oh, what a powerful prayer. God, if you will, is there another way to save the world? But if there's not, let's do it your way. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. What a moment. It was not easy for Jesus. Quit thinking that. Quit saying that. And we realize that his body reached such a level of anxiety and stress that he's sweating and he's, and he's praying and, and he's just in such a state that blood begins to pour out of his arms and out of his face. And you're like, man, what is that? I'm, hey, look it up. That is a medical condition called hematoidrosis. And the body, though rare, can reach such a state of agony and distress that the body freaks out and just starts to sweat blood out of the pores. Jesus Christ reached that level of agony and stress and and anxiety. And here he was, and he could have, Matthew, he said it in Matthew to the disciples, he said, if I wanted, okay, because Peter said, no, we ain't going down without a fight. We'll save you, Jesus. He's like, Peter, knock it off. 
Put it down. Put the sword down. If I wanted, I could ask God right now for 12 legions of angels to come and rescue me. Peter, I don't have to do this. 12 legions of angels would be 72,000 angels. And think about that. He said, I, I, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do, Peter. Knock it off. And so we think, oh, it must have been so easy for, no, this was hard. But in this moment, when Jesus came to a fork in the road, he said, if there was another way, but there's not. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Now in our lives, you need to know this. There comes a point in time where, hey, you're going to probably have to pray that prayer. I've had to pray that prayer. Now you need to realize, we don't talk about this particular avenue too much because there's so much misunderstanding in the body of Christ on it. But if God's word promised it to you, then you already know it's his will for you, right? I don't have to pray, Lord, if it's your will, let my cousin get saved. It's God's will for her to get saved. Peter said that it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. So don't ever think that it's God's will for somebody to not get saved. We know that it's God's will for you to be healed. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to have financial provision. I don't have to, if it be thy will, Lord, let my kids have food this week and us have enough money to put in the gas tank. If it's your will. It is his will. Come on, man. What kind of a father wants their kids to live in poverty and, 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 and struggle and never have enough and always be at the bottom of the bed? No dad wants that. And God is the good father. Amen. So you don't have to doubt that. But there may be some things where you're like, God, so bad with everything I am, I want to run right now. I just want to get out. I want to leave Barstow. I want to get out of this place. I want to do this. And in your heart, he's saying, knock it off. Stop it. Stop. What are you going to do? You're going to pray? No, no, no. I want to do this, but not my will, but thy will be done. No to me, yes to God. No to me, yes to God. And I've got maybe seem like a silly illustration to you. Maybe I should be deeper in this than in my theology and in my faith at this point. But there's a little picture. I don't know if a little kid drew it or what. But to me, it's always been the best example of what I'm talking about right here. And you put that on the screen right there. And it speaks to me. There's this little girl. She's holding on to this little teddy bear that she loves so much. But God, I love it. And he's saying, no, listen, give it to me. I've got something even better. And how many things in our life are we holding on to? No, but it's mine. I've always, I want it. It's mine. I don't want it. And he's like, trust me, trust me. It's for your good. If you'll let go and just, and just hand it over, I will trade you something so much better. If you can say no to yourself and yes to me, I've got something so much better. Ephesians 3.20 says that he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And you're thinking, no, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. And God's saying, oh man, no, no, no. I've got something so much better. But what does it come down to? We've got to learn, yeah, to, to say no to Satan when he's coming in and bringing his junk. But sometimes we need to learn to say no to ourselves. I found sometimes I'm saying, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And sometimes I've been the weapon formed against me. <laughs> and so what do I do? I gotta say, no, 
No, in the name of Jesus, I'm a son of God now. I'm not that old guy. I don't have to do that anymore. I've got the power of God to say no to myself and yes to Jesus. Amen. I thought being a Christian was just easy all the time. Jesus said, hey, listen, broad is the way to destruction. Narrow is the road to life. And, and few there be that find it. And so I can't lie and say that it's easy. As a Christian, there's some things that I've got to give up. There's some things that I, I don't do anymore, but it's okay. Because when I handed, I feel like I handed Jesus a penny and he handed me a hundred dollar bill in the end, right? He handed me something so much bigger and valuable than what I had. Amen. He said, if you will lose your life for my sake and for the sake of the kingdom of God, you'll really, really find life. Amen. Maybe you thought that, oh, I, I, I got it all. No, no, you don't have it all. When you've got Jesus, He will give you and show you things, man, that are so much better than you ever even imagined. But it starts with saying, no to me, yes to Jesus. I need Him every single day. Amen. Can we stand up together today? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I, my prayer is that, that the Lord has spoke to somebody today. You know, I, I said, Lord, I listen, I, I don't have anything. <laughs> this is all you. I don't want to screw anything up. I want Jesus to speak to you. And I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to speak to you. I'll start to lead us in some worship as we begin to wind things down here. But maybe, maybe you're here and, and you're at a place where you're at a fork in the road and, 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 and you, you don't know, man, what to do. Listen, when God's speaking to your heart, we got to tell ourselves no. It's always for your good. Every time. He's not doing anything to hurt us or to ruin our fun or make things bad. He's trying to make things better and better for us. Or maybe you're here today and, and God's calling you to repentance. Maybe there's some things we've said yes to when we really should have said no. We're not here to judge you and say, how dare you? We're here to say, man, let's fix that so you can have God's best in your life. So God can really bless you and do what he wants to do. Either way, let's go ahead and take a few minutes today. I'm going to have my prayer team come on up. And if you need prayer, yeah, we want to pray for you. But maybe you don't really need prayer from one of us. Maybe you just could talk to God in your spot right there and say, Lord, hey, I'm sorry. I know. I get it. That word was for me. And you could speak to Jesus and do your business right there. Either way, know this much. We say no to ourselves sometimes. And yes to Jesus every single time. Amen. All right. If the Lord's speaking to you, it's, it's on you now. It's your responsibility to talk to Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead. And if you need prayer, come on up. And I can't get enough. No, I can't get enough. Your amazing love Jesus, I can't get enough And I can't walk away No, I can't walk away 
Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and wipe things down today. Praise God. Has anybody received anything from the today? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God sure is good to us. And I know that He wants the best for us. He wants better for you than what you want for yourself. And if we'll do things His way, it's going to turn out a whole lot better than our way. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and we're going to close out in prayer today. And then uh, we'll go ahead and speak some faith over Barstow. Remember that we have service tonight at 6 o'clock. It's going to be great. And, uh, man, stop back there at the info booth. There is so many things going on for Harvest Fest. Everybody can get involved. There's something for everybody to do. And I believe we're going to reach more people than ever this year. Does anybody else believe that with us today? Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray. And then we will speak some words of faith over Barstow. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word and what we have seen today. And Lord, I know that you're speaking to us. You're trying to draw us closer to you. And I pray that as we've studied your word, that it's alive in our heart. We're going to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so, Lord, if there's things we need to say no to, help us say no in Jesus' name. If there's things we need to say yes to, help us say yes to the right things. But we thank you, Jesus, that we're not just living for ourselves anymore. We're living for you, and we're living to bring other people to you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you are. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen today? All right, let's go ahead and speak some faith over Barstow. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming in Jesus. Barstow is safe. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tonight.